Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Guys, welcome to episode 14 of TFL Talking Trucks. I am Andre Smirnov, and with me... Is Roman as always, and today we're talking trucks, but we're not talking regular trucks, are we, Andre? No. Uh, on this episode, I want to talk about the top eight most hyped electric pickup trucks. Dare I say overhyped, Andre? Some people might even say that. Yes, they might. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full-size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off-road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. So, dude, should we just count it down? And this is mostly in alphabetic order, except uh, for the two big kind of, I wouldn't want to call them legacy manufacturers, Ford and General Motors. Um, you know, but, um, I would say that uh, we count them down uh, from the way that you've got them, because even though it's alphabetical, they are pretty much... Um, I'm going to go overhyped in that order. Uh, and we've got, um, you know, some pretty big names along with some smaller trucks that you may have not heard of. And before we get started, I will tell you the exact moment when I realized that electric trucks were overhyped. Uh, and that was two years ago at the LA Auto Show when everybody lost their, you know what, about the new uh, Rivian. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, um, the electric truck just blasted out onto the stage and Everybody was interested in electric trucks, uh, and not just um, truck people, but all people. Uh, and um, I didn't see it coming, dude. It just came out of left field. It was like this, this like storm where I just went <laughs> and blasted into the public conscious. Uh, and, and I think that's why I'm calling this overhype because you know trucks do really three things, right? Uh, they um, well actually four, right? So they're 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 family trucksters. That's number one. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a lifestyle vehicle where you're just using a truck to drive around. But then the other things that trucks do are things that people use for work. So towing, hauling, and of course, uh, off-roading yes. uh, are really three specialties that trucks are good for. Uh, and I don't think that anybody on this planet has done more of that, except maybe for the manufacturers with electricity than we have, because we, we actually specifically went out and bought a Tesla Model X so that we could try two of those three things, right? We wanted to see if we could tow with um, a Tesla because the Tesla Cybertruck is coming. And we wanted to see if we could go off-road with a Tesla uh, because, once again, it's coming. And this was as close as we could get to uh, a, a truck. And, and both of those were very <laughs> eye-opening. Yeah, and the eight trucks on this list that we're going to go over right now, they're not in production yet, right? Um, you did talk about Rivian. Rivian is on this list. And I agree with you, they kind of, they were stealth. They were flying on the radar. They were working really hard. And all of a sudden they had something that looked like a production ready truck, but they're not going to be on the market for at least maybe another year, right? Or, or, or you know, in the case of some of these trucks, probably even longer. Uh, and, and a lot of it I think has to do with Andre 
people wanting the next best thing, the thing that they can't have, right? We get a ton of emails asking people, uh, people asking us things like, hey, should I wait for the Bronco to come out before I buy uh, my next right. off-roader? Uh, I'm thinking about a Wrangler, but I really want to wait for the Bronco. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know what a Bronco, no one's driven it outside of, you know, Ford. So how can we answer that question? So we, we don't know a lot about the electric trucks because let's face it, no one outside of a manufacturer except for Jay Leno has actually driven an electric truck as far as I know. And, and Jay drove it through a tunnel. So, you know, there you go. Yes. Very short he distance too. Oh, he didn't haul. <laughs> yes. He didn't, and we'll, he didn't go we'll, off. we'll talk about it at the end of this list. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So but let's so hit it. Number, number eight yeah, on the number list eight. is Atlas Motor Vehicle and really a truck company and uh, actually a battery company. Yeah, I would say that Atlas uh, is more of a battery company than a truck company at this point. And we did um, actually an interview with um, the CEO and founder of Atlas for this podcast. Uh, and he's crazy knowledgeable about battery technology. Um, he's been doing a bunch of, uh, I would call them experiments slash publicity, um, not stunts, but you know, publicity seeking um, demonstrations. Just, yeah. But, but there's no truck there. It's just, it's a battery technology company. Uh, and I think, you know, it could live as a truck. It could live as an SUV. It could live as, you know, an airplane at this point. Uh, but it's, it's certainly nothing that, um, you know, is, is, is viable in the next couple of years. Yeah, and we had, a, like you said, a full episode just about Atlas and their battery technology that was number 12. So if you want to learn more about what they're doing, that, that's a, a great um, episode to listen to and to watch on YouTube, of course. But yeah, you know, they actually showed a, a skateboard. There was a, they had a recent demonstration. So basically they bought kind of a new building in Arizona, uh, near Mesa, Mesa Arizona, um, near Phoenix. Um, and this was in February of 2020, this year. Um, and they showed us basically a skateboard chassis, which is a frame with a battery um, and wheels attached, obviously motors. Um, but they haven't showed us um, like a running prototype. It's not, you know, it's not being driven. It's not being like, we haven't seen it being tested. Um, but they have many claims, many pretty, pretty wild claims. Yeah, and like I say, let's not go into that. If you want to go into that, well, you know, go listen or watch that podcast. Uh, and I think this is really the most important thing that I can say at this moment in time because it, it really defines why we're doing this, right? So just because a vehicle exists as a prototype does not mean it exists, right? I could go out today and I could create the TFL electric truck with okay. uh, a battery, uh, some cardboard and maybe some two by fours, right? But that does not mean that there is a TFL electric truck that exists. Uh, a prototype Rivian, a prototype Bollinger, a prototype Cybertruck, these are one-off um, chassis that, you know, are not subject to government regulations, uh, have no real um, uh, life outside of the prototype right at this point and most importantly you can't go and buy them and so when we say overhype right we, we mean that seriously just because there's a rolling prototype does not mean that this is a truck that that will actually ever make production we hope it will make production but it does not mean you can go out and buy it and in my book because i've been doing this for 10 years and i'm a journalist it does not mean it exists it just means that there's a tfl wooden truck with a you know chassis 
that 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 we're putting out there and using to hopefully uh, you know do a moonshot so that one day when we have uh, you know the engineers, the designers, the the technology, the factory, the supply lines, these are really big things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then then we'll have the TFL electric truck. And a lot of this is where I think we're at. And, and I think that specifically is number seven. So let's talk about number seven. Well, before we move on to number seven, really quick on Atlas, yeah. um, I think the big item that they're working on is range. They claim 500 miles and recharge don't times. Off, don't, give away the, don't give away the podcast. Just let them go. No, no, no it's okay. I'm not giving anything away. I, I just want to say uh, because the podcast, the Atlas podcast is focused on their battery technology. Um, and charging, but but range and recharge times are very important, right? And so so um, let's move on to number seven, because this this once again is very very evident, and this is Bollinger, and they have two vehicles actually, right? Um, well, they, they have two have the, prototypes. Yeah, two prototypes. two prototypes. And and by the way, Roman, uh, you know, I we don't have anything against electric trucks. Like you no, said, I love them. no, we, we want them. We, we want to have more competition, right? Uh, we want to see these trucks, but at this point, nobody can go out and buy one. Um, so they have the B2 pickup, Bollinger, and the B1, which is now a four-door SUV. And they're basically built on the same chassis, which is their aluminum chassis, and they're both, they're both uh, meant for off-road use. They're really big off-road trucks. Yeah, they kind of look like uh, a reinterpretation of a Defender, if you were, you know, doing another Defender. Uh, they've got some, today uh, I was reading that they just, uh, did, they uh, patented some cool tech, right? The coolest thing about the, the Bollinger is they've got a little slot that opens up and allows you to like stick lumber or, or long pieces of material through the firewall in the front. And they just patented that, which is a really cool idea because you don't really need a firewall when you don't have you know, a motor, an engine, uh, an engine in this right. case, sitting in front of the firewall. And so you can open that up and you can slide things through and they did file a patent on that. But to me, uh, you know, we, we've, we've been following Bollinger. I want to say what, we met the CEO maybe four years ago now. Is that how long it is at the Texas, at the State Fair of Texas? Was that four years ago or was it three years well, ago? It, no, it's about, it's less than that. But, you know, we were there in the beginning. They unveiled it in New York City, right? You know, the first they had a two-door this was like almost three years ago, I want to say. That's what uh, I said, Andre. You said four. <laughs> okay. um, so, so um, and, and then they had a two-door vehicle, right? And then they said, well, no, let's focus on four-door vehicles, which is actually a smart choice because most of the pickup trucks these days are crew cabs, four-door, four you know, big, big vehicles. Yeah, I think they're, they're, you know, in my book right now, Bollinger is kind of a, a custom fabricator of, of um, limited uh, number of vehicles, right? I think, I think at their um, grandest, they're hoping to sell, what, a thousand a year maybe, you know, which is probably what Ford sells a day in terms of F-150s. And I think that that's a number that's even reaching for the sky. So, you know, if, if you want a custom vehicle, that is built by a custom shop. This is kind of where that company is at, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I think it would be unfair to paint it with the same brush as some of the other vehicles that are coming down this list, where there is actually, you know, an established car company that has promised to produce it, as opposed to you know a small startup. And when I say small, you know, I don't know, 25 employees, 50 employees. When you compare that to GM, it's small. It, it, it it's is not small in my world because we're a small company, but when you compare it to one of the major auto manufacturers, it's, it's beyond small, it's tiny. 
Yeah, it is. And you have to look at the backing, right? You know, we mentioned Atlas Company and now Bollinger. Um, you have to see, you know, can they sustain a, a large manufacturing effort, right? What about dealership or service, right? How do you service those vehicles? Uh, all of that stuff costs money. Um, also, what Bollinger is doing, and I think several manufacturers on this list are doing, they're going for the heavy-duty truck market first. So the Bollinger is rated as a class three heavy duty truck, basically a wonton that people refer to sometimes like a Ford F-350. Um, and what that allows them to do also is there are different safety requirements, right? So, so they can actually, um, they, they're not required to have airbags for some, for example, for uh, as one of the examples of this. Of course, they're still required to have rigid structures, you know, crush uh, protection and um, crumple zones um, and seat belts, you know, all, all those things, but they're trying to simplify their delivery or production process, right? And um, actually have a heavy duty truck. Yeah. Um, and I would be doing the same thing if I were building a TFL electric truck, right? Once you get into um, a lot of company regulations, it gets uh, very complicated very quickly. Uh, and you can get sued if, uh, you know, you're selling vehicles that crash and then people end up dying on them in them, buy them, you know, in front of them, whatever the case may be. Uh, I think cars are one of the most heavily regulated um, vehicles out there and trucks as well. So, uh, you know, if you can, if you can bypass those regulations and there's, there's a bigger company that's probably doing the same thing that people don't know as much. Uh, I would, I would do the same thing. It's a cool vehicle. I wish you much luck. Um, and, uh, you know, I would love to have one here in Colorado to test. So, uh, you know, if at some point these car companies and these truck companies want to give us a vehicle to test, our doors are open. We've, we've been trying to get an electric vehicle for what? Electric truck for what? Almost two well, years now? We've been well, since, since Rivian came out. Yeah. 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 And I, th I think, I think, you know, uh, we, I think, well, I know we've got the largest truck channel on YouTube uh, and we've got a lot of people out there who use um, your testing specifically, Andre, to make their truck buying decisions. And I think the manufacturers know that. And when they don't give us a vehicle to test, I think that, 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 that sends a very strong message as to kind of, you know, how far in development they are in terms of that vehicle, right? Uh, they want to control the message. They want to be able to, um, you know, have the ability to promote their vehicle in their way and so they're not giving them to us uh, even now uh, and I think that says a lot about kind of where they are in their development. I would agree and just a couple of items you know I love numbers right? Yes. Um, a couple of uh, quick specs on the Bollinger trucks SUV and pickup um, there's quoting about 200 mile range which I think is way too limited for a truck. Um, but a lot of carrying capacity, about 5,000 pounds of payload, so you can carry heavy weights. Um, about 614 horsepower, which is a lot, but we know uh, Bollinger uses two, two motors, two electric motors. So 614 horsepower sounds like a lot, but actually as far as electric vehicles are concerned, it's kind of par for the course. Um, and $125,000 starting price. So, yeah, and then, and then once again, just, you know, you say that as if it exists and as if it's been certified. Um, right. We have no government, we have no independent verification of any of that. We just have the manufacturer's word, word for it. And whether that is real or whether that is a target they're going for, 
um, you know, we don't know. So that's why, you know, I use the word overhype because at this point, those are numbers. Let's just be very clear. Those are numbers that they're saying, but nobody has independently verified that. Uh, and, and I think this is a good point in the conversation to talk about kind of what electrification does to a truck and why a truck is both a good and a bad platform, right, for electrification. So the good part is pretty easy, right? Electric vehicles are torquey and trucks, especially heavy duty trucks, man, they're all about torque, right? Towing mm -hmm. is about torque. It's about pulling power. So uh, electric vehicles uh, have tons of torque. It's exactly what a truck uh, needs. Uh, and um, that's the good part. The bad part is uh, batteries are heavy and yes. electric batteries, electric vehicles especially are very heavy, probably a thousand pounds more than your regular vehicle. Uh, and trucks are already heavy to begin with. So payload is determined, of course, by how much weight you can carry. Uh, and if you're hauling something, you don't want to limit your payload because you're carrying around a set of very heavy batteries, which you are. Um, so that's kind of a negative because you're already, um, you know, already taking heavy truck, making it much heavier, which does two things, right? Limits your payload and limits how far you can go while driving or how far you can go while towing. And of course, off-roading also is... Uh, hurt by weight. Um, you know, if you want, if you want the best off-road, you just go look at a side-by-side, -side and the power-to-weight ratio there is through the roof, and those those things are incredible. Mm -hmm. And you stick a bunch of batteries into a vehicle, uh, it gets very cumbersome off-road, which we found with the Tesla. Well, let's move on to the next truck on the list, number six, and yeah. and you'll see some of the same themes running through this, right? Um, so uh, number six is Nikola Badger. So at the end of last year, 2019. There's a new pickup truck just sprouted, popped up, and Nikola has been known for several years. They initially came out with a concept, once again, a concept of a semi-truck, uh, which was then developed into a hydrogen fuel cell electric semi-truck. And they are calling themselves energy company. So they're actually not calling themselves really a motor company per se, but they want kind of a bigger picture. So actually the network, the hydrogen fuel cell, the hydrogen refill station network, and everything that surrounds it, uh, that's kind of what they want to be. And then the Badger is our pickup truck, which kind of looks like, and by the way, we've only seen renderings of this, no chassis even. Um, it's kind of a Raptor-like look that I think they're going for. Yeah, once again, a lot of hype, not a lot of, uh, uh, you know, numbers and reality uh i'll give you that it's got the best name of any truck out there i think outside of the cyber truck i i, I would love to own a badger i can yeah. just see myself like hey andre uh i'm taking the badger home tonight you know <laughs> you'd be like, oh, i want the badger <laughs> and then everybody instantly said you know they need to call it the honey badger or you know the 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 higher performance model should be the honey badger yeah yeah and of course you know when, whenever you're talking about um uh, you know, a, a different kind of fuel where it's not just either it's it's a hybrid of electric or it's a hybrid of hydrogen. Uh, you, you run with hydrogen specifically, you run into some real, real um, strong uh, restrictions right away. You know, number one, of course, being that there's only like 30 hydrogen stations in America and they're all in California, either in LA or San Francisco. Uh, so, you know, it's not going to work outside of those two metropolitan areas, um, at least not if you want to fill it up. Yeah, and um, I think, you know, so they're supposed to have kind of a 
a demonstration day in the fall, or that was the initial plan before the virus hit. Yes. So, I mean, we're, we're hoping that Nicola will have that event. It will be in the fall um, of this year and that we get to, to actually be there and or see the actual trucks that they're building. Um, they're talking about um, independent four-wheel drive, so four motors, according to what we've seen so far. They're claiming a maximum output of about 906 horsepower, uh, crazy fast acceleration times, 300 mile range on the battery alone, plus an additional 300 mile range when you add the hydrogen fuel cell to it. So potentially up to 600 miles of driving, if you can find hydrogen, like you said. Um, so, and price, we're not sure about what they're thinking about price. Yeah, and actually GM built that vehicle to some extent. You know, we, we, we did a lot of video reports on the uh, ZH2, which was there kind of military hydrogen vehicle. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was cool, it blew my socks off. And I hope that somebody actually manages to build it for real for, when I mean for real, I mean, you know, that you can pick it up at your local dealership and not have to be the US military to get one. Yeah, and you know who else is big on hydrogen is Toyota. Um, Toyota's been doing a lot of uh, fuel cell, um, even semi-truck that, that they're testing right. currently in some of the ports around the country. Um, and of course, they have cars, hydrogen fuel cell uh, cars. So, and when we say some of the ports, we mean Long Beach, where you can get hydrogen. <laughs> okay. Uh, number five on the list, let's move on, uh, is Lordstown Endurance. So Endurance yeah. is the name of their pickup truck. Yeah, they bought a factory, dude. They went, they went all in. Yeah. So remember uh, Workhorse is another company, right, um, that actually uh, currently produces some of the uh, work vans and they're going after electric technology. They used to have, or they had the, the W15 work truck that was electric um, plug-in hybrid um, with a range extender. But now Workhorse also invested into this company, Lordstown. They bought an old Lordstown General Motors plant. And then recently they had several videos of a prototype testing and a proving ground, which was based on a Chevy Silverado previous generation platform. So, I mean, the company was born just months ago, and now they have a prototype running around. So it's, they seem to have backing, um, you know, financial backing and, and ability to purchase a plant and ability to actually start testing. Once again, not on sale. Yeah, uh, right now I would say all these companies, if you were to put it in basketball terms, are like mid-court free throws, right? That, that's about how much, how much... I, uh, if I would, if I were to realistically, you know, uh, handicap them, that's that's what I'd be looking at. Uh, and when we get to the second half of this list, and I think you're looking at regular free throws, not mid-court free throw attempts, because um, you know, just look, just because you have a factory, um, it's like having offices, right? Doesn't mean you have the furniture, the team, the expertise, everything you need to actually build that factory into. A functioning factory and I, the best example I can give of that is probably Tesla you know we've been following Tesla now since well they started what was 10 years ago right we, we reviewed the first Roadster mm -hmm. uh, we've been we've been um, be, you know behind that company in terms of our coverage ever since then uh, and to this day um, they still can't get and I, I, I think even they would agree with this they still can't get their paint technology up to where the majority of, I'd say all of the, let's call them legacy car companies are at, right? Uh, that's because even just painting a vehicle is very hard. 
it's not hard to do it. You know, if you're a custom shop and you go, you know, you watch TV and they go and spread, but that's not how companies do it, right? You have to, you have to like magnetize the chassis. You have to dip it. You have to uh, get the paint so that it isn't in a perfectly clean and sterile uh, situation in the paint proof so that like little specks of dust don't get into it. You don't want that orange peel. It's a very hard process. And after 10 years of working at a Tesla still hasn't caught up to the rest of the industry. Um, so what, what does that say for companies like Lordstown that just bought the factory? Uh, you know, you know, and, and these are important things because at some point you're out there in the marketplace competing with the F-150 and you've got two buyers who are, you know, cross shopping both of these vehicles. Uh, and one goes and looks at the paint quality on, you know, Lordstown that, that's brand new and one looks at the brand new F-150 and you better be at least in the same ballpark. Yeah, I agree. And that's not to say that Lordstown, you know, don't have the expertise. No, no, but it's hard. You're just saying it's difficult to do. And I I absolutely agree. And which is why my head is off to all of these guys, you know, trying to to make this work and actually innovating. And one of the things that Lordstown is doing, um, they're promoting um, in-hub motors. So, so far, most of the manufacturers we talked about, their concepts have to do with inboard motors. So basically electric motors that are kind of in the middle of the vehicle. Um, you can think of it as like a differential, like in the center of the axle. And then they have drive shafts going to the wheels and powering the vehicle. What Lordstown is doing is putting the electric motor into the hub. Um, there are a lot of challenges with that too, right? Because you have unsprung weight, you're adding weight into the wheel. And there's a lot of work in this space, a lot of new companies, a lot of engineers and scientists are actually working on concepts to reduce that weight, right? So you make the motors lighter, you still make them powerful, um, and then you have four-wheel control, right? You have very precise control about of each motor, and you can do crazy things, right? Rivian showed us, which is actually next on our list, the tank turn, right? Uh, yeah. where you can actually spin the truck in one place. Yeah, and um, I, I had an old professor, right? And I feel like I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not being too grumpy here, but I had an old professor who said, when you're a journalist, your job is to be skeptical. Uh-huh. When you turn cynical, that's when it's time to hang up your head. So I hope I'm coming across as being skeptical and not cynical, because I'm not trying to be cynical. You know, when I hear things like uh, in-hub motors, I think to myself that, these have been around a long time, right? This is not something that, that is new. There, there are new technologies that a lot of companies, especially specifically Tesla, has you know brought to the table. Uh, I think autopilot would be a great example of that. Something that didn't exist before Tesla actually uh, wrote the software to do it. But in-hub motors have been around a long time. They've been used in a lot of different applications. And there's a reason the F-150 doesn't have an in-hub motor, and it's not because it's a better technology than you know the traditional. It might be it might be more expensive. Uh, it might be, um, you know, much more, much more uh, prone to failure. I, I don't know, but, but it's not new. It's certainly been out there, and you can bet your bottom dollar that, that Ford and GM uh, and a lot of companies have looked at it, uh, and as far as I can tell, rejected it. So I, I'm hoping that they make it work, but I, in the back of my mind, being once again a journalist, I think to myself, well, why doesn't this technology already exist? What is a barrier to keep it from, from you know, being part of the, uh, you know, the, the, the product mix that we can buy. Yeah, and, and I will be the optimist. How about that? Um, no, don't, and, I'll be skeptical. You'd be, <laughs> you, you'd be wide-eyed. Well, I'll be wide-eyed, but also numbers-oriented. I love numbers. Um, and I think you're right. 
Uh, I think uh, some concepts and prototypes of big buses and big trucks have had in-hub motors before, and, and that, that's been done, but on a bigger scale, when the vehicle was larger. Uh, but I think the technology that Lordstown is looking at is like shrinking it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the most famous vehicle that had in-hub tech is on the moon right now, <laughs> sitting there abandoned. Or on Mars, was, maybe. Or No, 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 on the moon. I think the original moon buggy had in-hub motors. That's what they used. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I need to look up my... I know they had like little little folding chairs as seats, right? Because yeah, they yeah, wanted to be lightweight. I think, I think the moon buggy had in-hub motors. It was one of the cool... If I remember right from you know way back in the day when they were trucking around on the moon and bouncing around that thing, I think I remember uh, reading or seeing that it had in-hub motors. So, you know, it's out there and it's on the moon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get back to the moon and, and actually see it. Um, yeah. Anyway, Lordstown, um, they, the they want to produce in the, within a year. Uh, that's what they're, most of these guys are actually saying within a year. Uh, but that's hard to imagine, hard to, hard to actually deliver. Uh, number four on our list is Rivian. Yeah, and, so, and let's, let's, let's talk about that within a year, right? I think that's a, so once again, Tesla's a perfect example of that. Um, They've been around for 10 years, and right now they have uh, two factories that are functioning, right? One in California, the Fremont factory, which used to be the old Toyota GM factory, and they built a new factory in uh, uh, Shanghai, which is up and running, and they have a factory they're building in Berlin. But it's taken them 10 years, and that may have a lot more to do with funding than it has to do with the logistics of building a factory, but 10 years to, to, to get two and a half factories until the Berlin one. Is and also running. the battery factory in, in Nevada, right? Um, yeah, 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 but that's the partnership. Keep in mind, that's a partnership with, that's not there. That's a partnership with, uh, I think, believe, uh, uh, is it Panasonic that provides Tesla the batteries at LG? I always get those two mixed up, but it, it is certainly a partnership with one of those two companies. Yeah, so, so yeah, absolutely. So that takes time. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, so saying something, something will be on sale within a year, you know, you have to pass all the regulations, right? Build the factory, have a way for people to actually receive the vehicles, everything. You mean a dealer, either some kind of a dealership network, and then you have to have some place where people can bring it in when it breaks or it needs an update or it needs to be fixed. Uh, and, and those have all been, you know, huge heavy lifts for Tesla, right? Just to build out that national store um, network uh, and now to build out the repair network. We, you know, we crashed our model uh, three and it took us every ounce of, of publicity that we could muster to get it fixed in three months. Yes. Uh, and that's 10 years down the road from, from Tesla starting. Right. So now, so now Rivian mm -hmm. um, has what I would say kind of a, while Lordstown um, and to some extent Atlas were focused on work, Bollinger and Nikola were focused on off-roading and uh, kind of the off-road angle. Um, Rivian, I think, is focused more on a family fun all-around vehicle, right? Because they're not, they're not purely off-road, uh, you know, capable. And they're not purely towing capable, but more as a truckster, I would say. Yeah, so Rivian, of course, has two vehicles, right? They've got the truck and they've got the SUV. Uh, that's coming, uh, and that was kind of the, the the EV truck storm that was created in LA two years ago when they first showed that uh, truck. Uh, people um, were really excited to see it. Um, they took reservations. Alex Anato is one of our friends 
uh, actually, I think put down $2,000, which is a serious amount now, right? Tesla, I think, was $100 for the Cybertruck, but these guys were asking for two or two and a half thousand dollars. So there's people who've taken reservations, uh, and the first truck was supposed to be delivered uh, this year. It looks like they've moved that uh, uh, production Early schedule year. back yeah. because of COVID, of course. Um, they bought a factory, uh, we used to be in normal Illinois, the old Mitsubishi factory. Um, and, um, you know, they, they keep putting out cool videos of their truck doing stuff, off-roading, running along the beach, running along um, the woods, doing tiger turns. I think they, they helped uh, support um, Ewan McGregor when he drove his electric, motor, rode his electric motorcycle up from South America. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it's more real than any of these other trucks, but you still can't buy it. And, I, and when I say buy it, I mean actually go pick it up to the dealership just because you can put down a deposit. Once again, it's my journalist coming through, Andre. You know that. I just agree. You can $2,000 doesn't mean you bought anything. It just means, you know, you, no. you, you, you rolled the roulette wheel of truck manufacturing. Which, which, I, which is why I hate those videos on YouTube that said, I just bought a Cybertruck. Yeah. You, you yeah. did not. You did not just buy a Cybertruck. You you put a hundred dollars. You rolled the dice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you did not buy it. And, um, and you know what makes Rivian probably more uh, real? Like I said, no longer a fifty, you know, mid court uh, uh, shot as opposed to a regular free throw is that they've gotten a lot of uh, backing from both uh, Ford and from Amazon. So I believe they got half a billion dollars, which is a lot of money, um, and they've you know, got a lot of engineering talent from the major manufacturers in Detroit because they're out of Detroit. So some of the people that we actually knew as engineers are now over at Rivian. Um, and, you know, my, my biggest, I guess, critique of Rivian would be, I think it's already looking dated. You know, when I saw it two years ago, I had already seen it before, right? Because that wasn't the first time they unveiled it. They, they had like images of it. And two years down the road now, I'm, I'm already kind of bored of it. I'm like, you know, uh, the Cybertruck came along and made it look dated. Uh, <laughs> And whenever you have a vehicle that you're already kind of, you know, uh, looking at and saying this doesn't look modern anymore and it still isn't for sale at your dealership, I think that that could potentially uh, be an obstacle that they're going to have to overcome. I would agree. Um, I don't know about styling. I mean, you would kind of have to see it again in person. Once again, it's one thing about looking at an image or a video of it, but, but actually being next to it, I think, is a different feeling. Uh, but I, I wanted to echo your point about these companies also getting a lot of talent. Nicola just recently said that they've hired, they're still hiring and hiring at a crazy rate. And they're actually picking up uh, engineers and other people from the industry, right? The, the actual um, other companies, other manufacturing and automotive companies. Um, Rivian, of course, um, has big hopes. But I wanted to talk about the battery just for one second. Yeah. Uh, their biggest battery is up to 180 kilowatt hours, which is almost twice the size of a Tesla Model X, which is 100 kilowatt hours. And if a Tesla Model X battery is already heavy, can you imagine doubling that weight and size um, in this truck? Yeah, I can imagine it. It's going to be uh, a very, it's going to be a heavy duty truck. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that means. And it's going to take a long time to charge. Unless they have some new charging tech that, that doesn't exist today. Uh, and keep in mind, usually when companies are introducing vehicles, they're using tech that was um, pioneered and then perfected probably five years ago, right? No, no one, none of the main manufacturers, and even Tesla, I don't think, are, are putting fresh new tech into vehicles because, well, it just 
wouldn't be very sensible because the technology may be there, but the reliability may not be. Uh, and so, you know, um, unless there's some magic battery, it's going to it's gonna take a long time to charge a 180 kilowatt battery. A long time. Yes. So um, that's the same theme once again, right? You're using your truck for truck purpose. Um, you're using a lot of energy. You must be able to replenish it um, in a very, very efficient way. Quick way. I can, I can just see the comments here because I feel like I'm, I'm Debbie Downer here. So let, let me try to one more time justify why, why I'm so uh, skeptical. I was at a friend, my friend in Denver has, uh, he's a really good uh, British car mechanic, right? And I was at his shop once and he's like, hey, let me show you this book. And he pulled out this book and it had all of the British car brands. It was like this big, right? Because I asked him, what car brands do you work on? He goes, oh, I only work on like three, right? He only does like MG, uh, Jaguar, and two others. And I was like, why don't you work on the other ones? And he goes, he brought this book. And this was a book this thick of 1,500 cottage industry uh, um, manufacturers that started out after the Second World War building cars in the UK, right? And now we're down to what? Um, none. As far as I know, none that are actually British-owned, right? Because um, they're all been kind of sold. W, yeah. Bentley's owned by Volkswagen. Uh, Mini is owned by BMW, uh, Jaguar is owned by Tata, Land Rover is owned by Tata, right? So we're, we're, we're down to like five and they're not owned. And so, so history is littered with, with, you know, people with great ideas and great inten intentions, but they couldn't make it work or were bought up. And we're seeing that happening in the electric car space. There's been, you know, already at least a half a dozen companies that we've reported on that are no longer around. Uh, if not more, because they just couldn't make a go of it. Uh, and, and the promises that they, that they set out there were pretty staggering, right? Cars with, you know, incredible acceleration, incredible uh, charge times, uh, and, you know, they're, they're out of business. So, so I'm not saying that any of these companies are going to go out of business. I'm just saying um, if, if every one of these vehicle companies now started building trucks at the rate they want to build them at, there isn't enough demand <laughs> To, to, to make them all succeed, right? There just isn't. Well, but, but 1 also- 1% of all cars are electric right now, 1%. Yeah, zero. but also it, it cannot be, so what's happening right now is if you look at the Tesla Model X, it's an $80,000 plus vehicle, right? Yeah. So, it's, so it's not accessible to the majority of the people yet. Yeah, I know Tesla is doing you know, more affordable Model 3 cars and, and they will be, you know, they're decreasing their prices, et cetera, et cetera. But the electric truck not only has to it has to work, but it actually has to make sense financially, right? If it's, so what's, if it, what's, what's next on our list, Andre? It's a Ford F one fifty electric. Financial sense. Um, number three, number three on the list is a Ford F one fifty electric truck, and now we're to an established manufacturer that's been around for over hundred years, right? Um, they have an F one fifty F series, which is the most popular truck in the country, if not the world, uh, as far as numbers of trucks sold. And they put their foot down and they said, you know, we'll have a 2021 F-150 hybrid. And then after that, they said, we'll do an electric one as well. Yeah, and they, all we've seen so far is, a, you know, a current model Ford F-150 pulling a train, which Ford says had an electric drivetrain. So, yes, you know, and we weren't there to- That's what we know. And we weren't there to observe it. We weren't there, you know, to check it. Um, Was and, it a styrofoam train? <laughs> and we, you know, journal, you know, yeah, they did the video pulling a million and 
over a million pounds on rails and whatever. Let's not go there. But but what I the reason why I put this truck number three is because if you look at the last at least ten years of history of Ford, they've been very precise about how they, you know, uh, you know, schedule or you know when they say we're going to do the new Raptor in 2017, they did it. You know, they delivered the new Raptor. When they said, you know, the Bronco was, is interesting because they did say, they announced it like what, four or five years ago. And they said, well, and then they said, it's going to be available as a 2021 model. Well, it appears they're still on track. Um, so if they said they're going to do an F-150 electric truck, um, and by the way, a lot of people said or thought it's going to be a Rivian dressed as a Ford. Uh, there was a public statement from Ford saying that's not the case that it's not going to be a Rivian truck dressed as a Ford. It'll be a unique technology to Ford, uh, which I think is an important uh, distinction. Yeah, you know, um, Ford is, uh, with our experience, the most competitive company out there. They, are, they will not give away 0.0001 of market share, let alone an entire segment. So I have no doubt that when Ford says uh, they're building an electric truck they are building electric trucks i was kind of joking about the styrofoam train i believe that they will build it i believe that they um you know will be uh, a major player in the electric truck market uh at the end of this year they've got the mustang coming out the the, the mach e right the electric mustang mm-hmm. um and uh, you know that's something that we've already actually ridden in uh we haven't driven it they didn't allow us to drive but we've certainly been in it uh so they have the battery tech um they have the truck expertise uh they will build it the question is, in my mind, not if they'll do it, but how good will it be and how will they overcome, like I said, the, t- the engineering problems of, that are inherent in an electric truck. And I can't wait for to see it. Uh, and let's go on to number two, because this is another company that I think uh, will have an electric truck because it's General Motors. Yeah, and they're basically have announced a GMC Hummer Electric. When we first heard about it, what was it, uh, February? Of this yeah, year. Out, of, out of nowhere, it just dropped like that. Yeah, I think we had what an hour notice that this yeah. it, this news is coming, and I I was in the hotel somewhere uh, on the east coast, and and you know we did the story, and this is really interesting. They choose, chose a Hummer brand, so they're bringing back the Hummer brand underneath GMC umbrella, and it's an all electric vehicle, and they have since then um, described. By the way, we don't know much about this either. Uh, they, they said it's gonna be you know, up to 200 kilowatt hour battery pack, uh, updated new chemistry in those batteries. They showed one chassis. Once again, we were not there to see it in person. Uh, once again, a skateboard. Then they published recently a computer generated image and video of a topless, you know, a truck with no roof, basically. Yeah, so it was supposed to debut officially last month, but because of COVID, it didn't debut. Uh, so I suspect if it was going to debut, they must have something to show. It wouldn't be just like, hey, here's, you know, you know unveil a rolling chassis. I'm sure they have something. And, and let's face it, if you guys are fans of GM or not, GM has probably had the best battery tech and the longest experience with the EV1 out of any of the major manufacturers. It, 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 it's completely confusing to me why they haven't done more with electricity to me when they rolled out the bolt uh i was surprised that that, that you know that they came out with a little small kind of um leaf competitor 
I was expecting at that point, you know, for them to take on Tesla head on, because even back then, I think it was pretty obvious that Tesla was leader in this field and why they didn't draw upon that experience to actually do something more beyond kind of a small economy car. I don't know, but the fact is the Bolt did have a long uh, range battery in it already. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, out of the main manufacturers, they were probably one of the only ones besides, and actually at that time, Nissan didn't even have anything that could compete with, with Tesla, but they were the only ones that, that could actually compete with battery tech with Tesla. Uh, and unfortunately, they just put it in the wrong package. I don't know why, maybe they just didn't feel the market was in, maybe they got so hurt by the EV1. That's a whole other story, you know, we don't, we don't have to talk about. Uh, but yeah, they, they certainly have the tech. They certainly have the engineering. It's 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 a company, uh, and they have the brand. And I thought it was you know kudos to GM for calling it a Hummer. I think that that is an iconic American brand, uh, and it's to me it suggests it's going to be an off roader. And all the vi images we've seen of it have been on dirt, uh, which is cool. Yeah, it is very cool, and they're um, actually hinted at several versions of it, different motor selections, so one motor, two motor, three motor configurations. Um, up to 1,000 horsepower peak power, you know, three-second acceleration times, uh, mind-blown, right? If you look at the Hummer that I own, that TFL used to own, 2003 Hummer, uh, that is not a three-second vehicle to zero to 60. That's more like a, an eternity to, yeah, to and, accelerate. And it, it seems like they did a really good job, which also is, I think if I were Tesla and Ford, I'd be a little concerned. Uh, they also did a really good job of keeping all this stuff under wraps. Usually at some point, you know, there are leaks that happen uh, and we were completely uh, blindsided by what GM is doing or has done. So they have some kind of a skunk works within the company uh, working on this. Uh, and um, I think they're going to be a serious competitor. I think now with these three companies, we're probably talking about like Michael Jordan in the last dance doing free throws, right? Chances are the ball's going to go in the net and it's going to swoosh. Uh, you know, in terms of at least the, the vehicle, whether it'll swish in the marketplace is a whole is a whole nother conversation that we can have. And let's talk about that in the marketplace, because at number one, of course, has got to be the one that has gotten the one vehicle, not just truck that's gotten the most hype yes. ever I've ever seen. And that's a cyber truck. I mean, people people went bat uh, about it. Uh, people lost their you know what about it. I, I mean, I got to actually ride in it. So thank you, Tesla for giving me that opportunity. I feel like uh, a rock star actually having been in the thing. Uh, it has incredible road presence um, when you actually stand next to it. Uh, but there are a lot of questions about it. You know, Tesla is so good at marketing, right? Elon is such a good marketer, right? Uh, create, really good at creating buzz. Uh, and then what's also must be a little terrifying to Ford, GM, or maybe some of the other competitors, Rivian, that he actually follows through on this stuff, right? You know, he mm -hmm. said he's going to put rockets on the new Roadster, and I have no doubt there'll be some kind of a rocket on the Roadster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I have no doubt that the Tesla Cybertruck is going to come out of the box something completely unique and different, even, even after you kind of tame it down, you know, so that it actually works legitimately and legally in our country. Uh, but the question is, is the market there for this truck? That's my biggest concern, right? I mean... Tesla fanboys, oh God, you know, you and me know, Andre, what it's like to deal with Tesla fanboys. So, so yeah. you know, I was at the unveiling of the truck. What I can say about them is, you know, I heard people yelling, Elon, have my baby. You know, I mean, that is, um, yeah, it's like I, a rock concert. It's, 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 it's like a rock concert. But, but, you know, will those people want to live with a truck where most of them live right now, right? Which I suspect is in the city. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of city folk aren't driving F-150s 
in Chicago, New York, or LA. It just doesn't, the, the vehicle is just not good in the city. It's, it's really good. Huge. Yeah. In Colorado, yeah. In Texas, it's not really good in downtown New York. And that's Absolutely. where all the people live. So I don't know what kind of marketplace there is for this. Yeah, definitely. So much hype. And, you know, and he said basically the Cybertruck will be in production at the end of 21, 2021. So what, that's a year and a half away. Um, yeah. And it sounds ambitious, but I look, you know, they've delivered on a lot of the things that they wanted to deliver. Um, some people said, you know, they dropped the ball in the semi-truck, the Tesla semi that was announced, what, years ago, still not in production. Uh, some people said, um, you know, he dropped the ball in the new Roadster that you mentioned, which is supposed to be this hyper car, quarter million dollars and plus, um, that it's still not on sale. Um, but they delivered on the Model Y. The Model Y is already on sale. People are driving, you know, buying them, owning them. Yeah, he actually, he actually, it actually came out a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah. So, but, but let me be a journalist. Even I'm a journalist hat again. The Model Y is nothing really more than a tall Model 3. Uh, yeah. It took a long time to take basically the architecture they had already, right? Volkswagen and a lot of the car manufacturers do this, right? They basically just change the, the, the top hat, right? They, they say, okay, here's a Golf. Now let's put on a, a Tiguan top, right? Or let's put on a, or a, a Beetle top, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not hard for these companies. And it took them a long time to do that because, uh, 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 like I say, it's a tall Model 3, which already exists, right? Same platform, same chassis. And once again, they are going to have to build a factory and uh, the factory is rumored to be either in Austin, Texas or in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Those two places are vying for it. But to go from like having a concept vehicle, which is what they have that Jay Leno drove through the tunnel, uh, to actually having a vehicle that you can sell and not have a factory in place to build it. Let's say your Volkswagen, which I think has like 50 some factories in the world, right? When you say you have a car, you can convert one of the factories to building it. But if you're Tesla and you have three vehicles, and you're maxed out in capacity for the most part in the one factory in North America that you have, then to go and build a whole new factory and produce a car that, that, that comes flying out of the other end of it in a year and a half. Once again, I'm like, good luck. <laughs> it's, I want to see it, but you know, I'm going to be really impressed if you do it. They just did put, you know, two guys into the international space station that that's, course not the same company but nevertheless the same ceo so you know he does but it took him a long time i mean you know to go to go to from like starting a rocket company spacex to, to putting somebody in space took um i want to say what it's like 18 years or something since spacex started it's been a long time yeah so, it has. yeah so definitely a truck that um has has stirred the imagination will it allow the company to, to, to thrive and will people open up their wallets and will all the Tesla fanboys and girls want to live with the thing once they get their hands on it? I don't know, dude. It's a big ass truck. Yeah. And it's um, rumored. They didn't say exactly what it will weigh. Right. But I think it might be a heavy duty truck. Once again, it, it doesn't have to be big physically like a dually, but the weight wise, it could be a heavy duty. And well, I mean, I mean, right, right. They're saying it's got the same footprint as an F, uh, 150. 150. Uh, I don't see a lot of F-150s driving around in Chicago, downtown. You see them in right. Dallas and Houston, but you don't see a lot of them in Portland. You don't see a lot of them in LA. Uh, when we go to all these cities, you don't see a lot of them in downtown San Francisco. And that's just because you got to park the damn thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, 
<laughs> so I guess uh, I just want to hear, you know, what uh, the re listeners and the viewers think, you know, so let us know either, you know, here in the comment section on the podcast or even on, on YouTube uh, where this podcast is also published. Uh, just let us know what you think. Um, are you optimistic, pessimistic, skeptical, cynical, whatever? Yeah, and, and open invitation to any of you uh, would-be truck makers out there who are building electric trucks. If you want uh, to reach the largest truck audience, I think now in America, uh, this is the place to do it. Uh, so, uh, you know, ask at tfltruck.com, shoot us an email. We'd love to actually get behind the wheel. We'd love to feature your, your truck. We'd love to get the truck out there and, you know, call me a skeptic, um, hopefully not a cynic, but, you know, convince me, convince me you've got something that, that is more than, you know, um, uh, a hope and a prayer. Show, show me that you've got something and, and then convince the viewers out there that, and I think this is, and I'm kind of saying that lightheartedly, Andre. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's a heavy, heavy, here's my prediction. I'll, I'll make a prediction. I think when electric trucks come out the first year, they will sell like hotcakes. And I think okay. the second year, there'll be a lot of used electric trucks on the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is my prediction because there is, look, there is kind of this gulf between truck people and car people. Uh, and um, uh, right now, it seems to me that a lot of car people are very excited about trucks uh, but i think car people uh, don't not not everybody i, I don't want to like throw everybody in the same but but car people have a different use for vehicles than truck people do and when you actually um need to use a truck as a work tool as the biggest tool in your work box as, as ram likes to say right uh, then it doesn't become about what's cool or what's hip or what makes makes you look cool when you're driving you know to the beach with your surfboard it's actually, you know, how does it work as a vehicle that can haul your stuff? How does it work as a vehicle that can tow? Uh, and those are all questions that we've tried to answer. Uh, and so far, the answer has been not well. It doesn't work well. You know, we were going to drive that Model 3 towing a 1,200-pound trailer from Boulder to Portland, and it basically would have meant driving for two hours and charging for an hour. You know, not who's doable. Who, who's, who, what, which one of you guys is going to do that? And as far as I know, there's no magic battery tech that we have heard of that changes that equation, at least not yet. Maybe the Atlas has something for us. But once again, we need to test it and we need to see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, uh, and Andre, thank you for joining us for another edition of Talking Trucks. Uh, and uh, I think we live in interesting times, which is, you know, a great time to be living at when it comes to new tech development. I absolutely agree. It's a, it's a new frontier. And hopefully we'll see a new frontier from Nissan as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Boom, boom. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. And remember, go to tfltruck.com where Andre is busy every day posting the latest, greatest truck news. We get a lot of emails saying, hey, have you seen this? And I'm like, yeah, Andre already posted it. Go to TFL. <laughs> it, it, it just takes a lot more to post a video or do a podcast than it does to write up a story. Uh, and so the first place you're going to see any breaking truck news is always going to be at tfltruck.com long before we actually get to the video or the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.